Okay, welcome everybody to Season 2, first podcast of the year. I am your host, Ken Temma, and with me as always is Plebs. How are you, Plebs? I am fantastic. Thank you, Matt. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Uh, it's been an extremely busy summer, not only for race spec, but also in the F1 world. We've got coronavirus concerns. We've got Ferrari headlines, uh, Drive to Survive. And then in race spec, uh, it's just oh, tripled in growth, I would say. Yeah, lots going on um, in the world of Formula One um, at the moment with the first race um, just around the corner. So, yeah, lots to get through today, I think. And today we're starting a new sort of trend, I guess, where we'll be live streaming the podcast as well. So if you are hearing this, uh, you can comment in the live chat. I'm monitoring that. Or if you're in the Discord, podcast discussion is also you can put some comments in there and we'll we'll keep uh, an eye on the chat as we go through the podcast today. So uh, feel free to join in the conversation. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. First uh, live and raw podcast, so... (laughs) can't edit out any mistakes today so yeah we'll try and keep it flowing for everyone yeah so we'll keep try to keep the mistakes to a minimum i guess uh if it does then you just get to see everything or listen to everything at home you don't get to see anything at all at the moment uh so huge summer uh for race spec especially we'll talk about that a little bit later but how we get how about we get straight into the f1 um First, cab off the rank is probably the biggest topic at the moment, and that's the coronavirus concerns. Uh, We've got Melbourne GP next Sunday, so in seven days, and that's pretty much everyone is talking about coronavirus in Australia and around the world at the moment. Yeah, very big, very big issue, obviously, worldwide. Um, Yeah, so um, it affects a lot of things, and F1 being one of them, um, it's hit hit uh, Italy pretty hard. I have a friend that lives in Milan and he's, he says it's pretty bad there. So, um, yeah, it's affecting um, the Italian teams, Ferrari, AlphaTauri, Ari, I'm not sure. How. And yeah. um, Pirelli, Pirelli as well, the um, tyre tire makers. So, yeah, quite a big impact. But I think, I think they've all been cleared to come for the Grand Prix, which is good news. I think they're just taking extra precautions as far as, like, screening... Um, everyone and stuff like that. So I don't think there's any reason to be concerned um, unless there's a major outbreak in Melbourne between now and then. But yeah, hopefully it should be all good. Yeah, I've just seen um, a confirmation headline that Ferrari has landed today and they've been cleared. So all of their gear and their staff are now in Melbourne. So that is a good thing. No no word on AlphaTauri though. Um, And if anyone around the world is... uh, concerned about what's going on around here both yourself and i will be going to the formula one i'll be going to all four days and i have no fear of coronavirus so um it's full steam ahead down here and you just got to live life as you normally would i guess yeah exactly yep yep and uh but saying that we have bahrain who have uh informed the world that no one will be watching in the stands so they've closed all of the doors and pretty much informed everyone that all foreigners are not welcome to go and watch the Grand Prix, so you'll have to watch that one at, mm. at home on your TV. So that'll be interesting. I guess Bahrain, there wasn't too many grandstands anyway, so you probably no, wouldn't notice. Just really on the main straight, isn't it? Just, yeah. yeah, and drivers no. wouldn't notice anyway. You're too busy trying not to crash, <laughs> and so I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, 
for myself, I'm, I'm going to Singapore Grand Prix later this year. So I've still got a few months for the whole thing to calm down, hopefully. But if they cancel that, I'll be devastated. Mm. But it, it is what it is, I guess. You just got to roll with the punches and hopefully we have a fantastic Melbourne Grand Prix. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I am really pumped for it. Um, I think they're predicting a bit of rain, so it could spice things up. Um, yeah, if we get like something like a 2019 Germany in the first race of 2020, that would be pretty pretty amazing. So, well, yeah, the, the weather down here has been full on. We have had hot days, pouring with rain, like windy hurricane type conditions so who knows mm. what we're going to get oh, in man. melbourne and Four we'll probably get one day down there. <laughs> we'll probably get a little bit each day knowing uh, melbourne as yeah. we do uh moving on to well we spoke about ferrari landing they are in a bit of a storm with the other teams at the moment and the fia after they fia announced friday night which is always when you announce bad news or things you don't want to talk about that they have made a behind-the-scenes settlement with Ferrari in regards to their unexplained engine power and the investigation, and that was it. That was the statement, and the other teams mm. did not take kindly to that at all. No, they didn't, and I think they're well within their rights to be, um, you know, ask questions of that and be sad about it because, yeah, it's, it's basically saying that they can't prove if they were cheating or not, which is not a good thing. Um, and I think the FIA had to come out and make a second statement for that as well, saying, basically saying that, that they couldn't couldn't come to a conclusion about about it. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, no one knows except those two mm. about what the actual settlement was. But, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a dark cloud over, over the sport at the moment. Um, but uh, we'll see if there's any further fallout from that going into Melbourne yeah. as well. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of questions asked Reading around that. between the lines, it was sort of um, Ferrari was staunch that they hadn't broken any rules. The FI was sort of staunch that, that they had. Um, neither team wanted to budge from that. And the feeling I get is that it was going to cost both parties an astronomical amount of money if it went to court. And it's one of those mm. settlements where neither one is admitting guilt but they've just both decided this is going to be too too hard or too much money or something like that so they've both sort of agreed mm. not to disagree which is uh, i guess a legal way of neither one getting a win um whether the teams would be too happy about that i'm not sure but it was it was just so badly handled but like you don't release that type of stuff on 6 p.m on a friday no, night in australia weird. australian time anyway and it just smacks of, oh, we don't want to talk about this. So, not great, but, and it'll be, you know, forever an asterisk on that season now, I guess. Yeah, quite possibly, and and possibly even this season upcoming as well, because, you know, who's to say that Ferrari haven't, haven't um, changed their engines or whatever they're suspected of, of doing that mm. um, the investigation wanted to possibly uncover still be going on and yeah so like i said could be a cloud over the whole sport from for the rest of the year uh, yeah. certainly will and we've got a few people in the chat uh, we've got experts joining us very angry side pod shout out to them is that Crichton? uh who's mackie is oh, there to jump on. uh toddster he's um uh, jumped in the chat as well experts saying ricardo's going to win the australian grand prix that'd be 
amazing if it did, but I can't see Renault lifting their game that much in the short amount of time that it has been from the end of last season to the start of this mm. one. And let's move over to another. It sort of went a bit under the radar. It was big news for a little bit, but then it, it sort of went away, and that's um, Lance Stroll's father, let's call him Papa Stroll, has uh, purchased 20% <laughs> Daddy of... Stroll. Daddy Stroll, that's it, has purchased 20% of Aston Martin. And as of the end of this season, so next year, 2021, Aston Martin mm. will be Racing Point or Racing Point will cease to exist and it'll be Aston Martin probably in the familiar yeah. green colours. Um, and then that's sort of it. The news sort of disappeared. Um, does it? Do you think it changes much for Red Bull? I mean, it's a fair chunk of sponsorship money, I guess, but they weren't. Yeah, that's all it was. It was sort of just a name yeah. on the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think there was any uh, intent from Aston Martin to kind of make their own engines um, to supply Red Bull or anything. Obviously, they've got the the, um, the agreement with Honda now, so they've basically nailed their um, colours to the mask kind of thing in, in that sense um, going with Honda. So, yeah, look, they're just... A, uh, a name sponsor so i'm sure they if that doesn't work out and aston martin do become an actual team through the takeover of racing point or whatever might might happen um i'm sure red bull will be able to find another title sponsor as well in like in fact they are like their own their own brand and company so i'm sure they'd be, even be fine without it i don't think they had had anything like it before aston martin came on board i think red bull racing so yeah, we've got expert dropping names in for the new team. Aston Stroll Racing is one that I don't <laughs> mind. Um, and Daddy, yes, Daddy Stroll Racing. Da- Daddy Stroll. It's got me in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Racing Points as far as that deal, um, whether it does become a fully blown kind of Aston Martin team. Hmm. Um, and well, tw- even maybe look at making making engines and stuff like that. So 20% a fair chunk of uh, ownership of a brand. Yeah, so um, he could big, certainly big push that too, way. Yeah. Yeah, he has the money to, mm. to push that way as well. So they could make engines in the future. And he's, he's made no secret that he's in yeah. the sport to win the sport. And can you win it with a, buying an engine off someone else? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, because you're well, always... can they win it by buy, buying the 2019 Mercedes? That's what they're trying to do by look at it. <laughs> it does. And yeah, there's been heaps of talk about Mercedes maybe giving them uh, their last year's car. There is, I'm mm. in the camp of there is no way that that has happened. And Mercedes gain nothing. No. Even if it is a massive chunk of money, you're not allowed to do it. And I can't see Mercedes risking anything by giving them the specs. And, uh, no, yeah, that definitely hasn't happened. It was it, I was joking, but like what they what they've done, um, and I'm not I'm not sure why other teams don't do more of this and copying the big teams and most successful cars is is uh is like like try and emulate their philosophy in terms of you know their uh, aero package and stuff. I well, mean, you yeah, can... they have laser scanning technology these yep, days and that's all what that. I was so surely say. they'll be able to they'd be able to work out how their car works and the philosophy behind it and basically copy it or like do something similar and have similar success as well. So I think that's the path racing point of trying to take this season. So it'd be interesting to see how they go. They they did pretty well in testing. So mm, mm. Um, but yeah, the similarities are pretty, pretty striking between the um, w, was it W10 last year. 
Yeah, it's it's nearly a carbon copy um, from what my mm. understanding is. And, and yeah, I was going to say, you can scan anything nowadays. That they're, they're saying that you can put a scanner in an umbrella and walk past the car and just about scan every part of the car and then make yeah. your own. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, be as it will, if you're... And, and it's sensible for this year because what you're going to redesign a whole car just for one year and then the whole thing gets flipped yeah. on its head. It's just a complete waste of money. So why not just copy the most successful car and no one else is going to be really beefing their cars up this season if, if we're going to be honest. Maybe teams that had a bad season last season puts a bit more effort in. Maybe Haas, Renault, those type of cars. But I can't see Mercedes making mm. too many changes um, and... Red Bull's made a few changes. Uh, Ferrari seems to have made a few changes. Mm. Better or worse, not sure. Uh, but that well, brings us on to testing. Um, yeah. Did Just you... on that, though, I kind yep. of, like you, you said, not many changes, but yeah, kind of have seen a couple of new ones from the mm. bigger teams. So, obviously, you've got the DAS. Um, well, the, yeah, that's a huge change. <laughs> they, um, they would have been working so on that for remains, a while. <laughs> yeah, remains to be seen how much they use that in races and how they use it and stuff like that but um and then red bull as well they changed changed their uh, whole front suspension they got the they got the really unique um oh, it's absolutely, i'm absolutely blanking on what they called it but i think yeah okay. or something like that yeah yeah no one no one else is doing it so yeah that's two pretty big changes from the big teams hmm. um and i wonder if they can be incorporated yeah, in the new rules i know that the das has been out out ruled but i wonder if red bull's system can be brought into the new cars and whether they've thought that far ahead or whether they were just working on it for a long time i'm not i'm not entirely sure yeah Um, just goes to show the money they can throw at development even though you know with regulate regulations changing so much for 2021 they're still like able to throw money at designing these cool innovations for basically one year Mm. So, yeah, pretty much. And Uzmaki saying Williams will get into Q2. That's a big call. Big call. I That's can't, a I huge can't, call. I can't yeah. see Latifi getting into Q2, but uh, Russell, maybe. I love their new uh, livery. It's way better than yeah, last I like year's it one. Too. It's really good. I think all the cars look better than last year, to be honest. I don't think the mm. car that looks worse. I think there's a bit, there's a lot of white and, and black. There's a lot of white cars. I mean, when you saw that, that mm. promo shot they did of all the, the drivers uh, walking side by side, I think there's about nearly half the field is in a white overalls. So um, I would have liked a bit more color in the field maybe. Um, but other than that, mm. yeah, the cars look pretty good this year. I'm pretty happy yeah. about that. Um, testing was the first time we've seen testing televised. Um Saying that, it was extremely difficult to watch in Australia. Did you manage to see any of it? Uh, bits and pieces. I kind of um, just just watched the um, YouTube highlight things on um, mm. in the F1 channel. Uh, I think there was. A, I think I maybe caught about an hour um, of it live. That wasn't. <laughs> it's not the most interesting thing. No. Uh, a lot of stopping and starting as well. So it's not great viewing, to be honest. But um yeah all the teams under pressure this year obviously with testing shortened from uh eight days to six days mm. and um uh, yeah it was good to see williams turn up on time and they were actually the first car out on track this year so yeah big uh turnaround from them from last year um well and their car car looking pretty like a 
a pretty decent improvement you'd have to say as well yeah they were definitely keeping um, up you can't take too much from testing but yeah. they were they were going no. okay um yeah and even yeah ferrari sandbagging um based on a, a read it, the mathematicians uh of us all who, who follow it are saying that for ferrari although they didn't put any hot laps they're heavy or they're when they did long runs, their long runs matched Mercedes and Red Bull as well. Mm. So I do get the feeling that yep. Ferrari is sandbagging a little bit. Um, and then those fast yeah, laps. Yeah, I think they. Have, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think, I think Ferrari. Um, I think they definitely have to <laughs> kind of play it safe after last year because and sandbag a little bit because if you remember, go back to 2019 testing, they were kind of the talk of the town. Um, see how they're testing went and they came to Melbourne hot favourites and basically Mercedes embarrassed them with um, it was one two and there wasn't even a Ferrari on the podium Max yep. came third as well so yeah they they ended up being pretty red faced after happening in testing and um, but they have uh, despite like maybe sandbagging a little bit I think there's data that shows that they're actually a lot quicker in the corners. Mm -hmm. um, through testing than they were last year. So we all know that they've got good straight line speed with their engine, even though that's a question mark you said earlier. But um, so if they can combine that with, you know, co faster cornering speed, let's hope that they can challenge Mercedes at least. But Mercedes looking strong, you'd have to say. And um, yeah, I'm not, not quite sure if, if anyone will be able to get near them. Season, but... Yeah, there's so many angles you can take with with the testing i mean mm. haas were the fastest through the speed trap what it, yeah, that's a ferrari engine does that tell you anything or haas just stripped everything off trying to save tires yeah, i don't know like, this, as well. yeah no. those fastest laps were clearly low fuel we need sponsors type laps and haas need sponsors so they clearly did that yeah. um even the the kibitza one everyone's saying oh he's such a brilliant driver he should replace one of the drivers mate they would have just put that in. It would have been in his part of his contract or his deal that they give him a sniff of fuel, go around, get really fast, and Orlin gets you know a certain amount of sponsorship dollars because they're all over the TV and stuff. So mm. you can't read anything into those mm. type of things. Uh, he got soundly beaten by Russell. Um, he's not the driver he used to be, and everyone needs to to understand that, I guess. But. He has an amazing amount of knowledge, and that's probably why he's down there at Haas to assist them yeah. with that. Oh, it's not Haas, mm. was it? Um, Alfa Romeo? Sorry. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Alfa Romeo. Yep. Um, so, you know, testing, you know, you can read everything into it, nothing into it. Um, it's, mm. I guess that's to read nothing want. into it, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. But Australia would be the, the Litman's test, and, and uh, yep. I do certainly hope that Williams do make Q2. Experts saying that the livery is toothpaste um maybe they should go get him a clean sponsorship oh, yeah yeah um true aren't they sponsored well they're sponsored by rexona which is a uh, yeah the deodorant brand yeah to go. they already got toiletries mm. so. all into <laughs> personal care like personal hygiene mm. uh go get yeah. mclean's My just sticky tape down there as well toothpaste car. so um yeah i no, i wouldn't read too much into testing overall i think um few midfield teams looking pretty decent but mm. you can't put too much stock in in that because it is just testing um but yeah let's hope it's let's hope it's a closer season than it was last year the i i think the midfield battle was almost more interesting than the 
battle at the front last year. So if everyone's close or again, hopefully that that'll yeah season as well. So expert I'm correcting us on the sponsorship. Rexona with McLaren now. I missed that oh, okay. headline. So. There has been a few sponsorship changes. I noticed the Coca Cola is not on the McLaren either. So, um, well, they've moved where mm. the logo is. There was a gaping big hole on that McLaren for a sponsor as well. So, maybe watch that space. Yeah, I yeah. think it was a huge orange gap there. So, let's go to the Australia predictions. We're both going. Uh, let's go with. I want two different things from you. I want who will win, mm-hmm. and then I want a bold prediction. Something you know, that you'd throw into your crazy multi or something like that. Something something <laughs> odd. Um, and we'll see if, right. how correct you are. Putting me on the spot here. Look, um, I think it depends pretty heavily on the weather. Um, so some people predicting um, a bit of rain and whatnot. So that would certainly make things interesting and really throw it right open. But let's just say for argument's sake, it's a dry race dry qualifying, dry race, and um, I think a Mercedes will definitely win. Which one? I'm not sure. Um, they're just too good at the moment. Um, off the back of last season, testing, they look strong. All the uh, all the innovations they've brought, they've basically you know, right, raised all eyebrows in Formula 1 with that new that system as well so yeah everyone will be keen to see how they actually use that um, on a Grand Prix weekend so mm. I think they're definitely I think they're almost a lock to be honest like I'd be very surprised if Ferrari I'd be happy if Ferrari could challenge them but I don't think it's going to happen in race one um, and my outlandish prediction um, going off the back of Racing Point's new direction let's say i think they're gonna be maybe the head of the midfield okay at melbourne so the fourth so a top a top six for perez or something like that yeah possibly if um if uh yeah there's a retirement from one of the top teams why not so yeah uh five or six very good um yeah i don't know if that's outlandish enough (laughs) for um yeah, that'll do. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll call it a Perez top six, and then we'll measure you against that. How's Racing that? Point. Oh well, I mean, yeah. Stroll's not beating yeah, Perez. Good. All right. <laughs> uh, What's yours? I'll see the same mine. question. Uh, who will win? Uh, Verstappen. I think you left out Red Bull in your analysis there. I think the Honda has gone strength to strength, and I think they'll be very strong. Uh, full disclosure: I'm Renault uh, Red Bull fanboy. Freudian slip of the tongue there. I said Renault, and uh, yeah, I think Verstappen will get get a win. And my bold prediction: I was going to say Albon for podium. But I, that's, I think that's, that's double Red Bull. To be honest, ready? All right, <laughs> this, all right. That could be a bold prediction. I'll make another one. I think I think Danny Rick <laughs> yeah, will yeah. go go quite well. He'll go top six, top six. Danny Rick top six. Wow. Okay. Um, I would be Renault looked good in testing. Yeah. We didn't mention them. They yeah, look they good. Did. Maybe. So, um, someone in this chat uh, mentioned, do we think Ocon is going to be a handful for Danny Rick? Um, yeah, Ocon's a good driver, a good driver. He, did you see the testing when he was driving? His head was sticking above the halo, and apparently yeah, that's legal. So tall. looked a bit weird, but so tall. can't be good for aero uh, to have your helmet top uh, above no, the halo. Not. 
<laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. It was odd. But uh, yeah, I think I think he's the tallest driver on the grid. I think six one or six two. Pretty uh, pretty tall for a Formula One driver. I don't know, don't know how tall Ricardo is, but most of them are short. Um, so yeah, it is noticeable when you get a tall tall Formula One driver. Mm. Chandler Chandler Scott's yeah, dropped in bodass for world champion. So uh, we'll write that down, Chandler, and see how close you get. Uh, can't yeah, see it happening, eh? Um, <laughs> he's just not as good as Hamilton, pretty much. No. Um, there have to be a catastrophic, massive amount of failures uh, from Hamilton's car, I think. Or, yeah, he gets sick or something. It would have to be something really bizarre for him to beat Hamilton. Um, so that's our F1 section. We'll probably come back to a lot of F1 chat when we do your questions that you put in the uh, race podcast, race spec podcast questions section in the Discord. Um, but at the moment, mm-hmm. let's just talk about race spec esports in general. Um, before Christmas, uh, we were winding up with the uh, Pacific Euro midweek leagues, America's leagues as well, and um, we're in yep. season two of both the Global Elite Series and the. Um, uh, Pacific America and Euro Series midweek. Uh, just give us a little overview of how things have gone strength to strength and how insanely busy you are um, trying to keep it all together. Um, but it's been really uh, positive lately and as we've got so many new drivers, it's crazy and everyone seems to be having a really great time. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, it has, has grown quite a bit. So... Like I said, we did finish up our first season just before Christmas, um, 17th December, I think it was. So, yeah, I was pretty happy with uh, how, it, how it all went for, for the first season. And then I kind of just expected maybe the same drivers, maybe in a few extra ones thrown in um, for season two and hopefully keep the same leagues. But you always want to aim a bit higher than that and... Um, so we did a bit of a recruitment drive kind of thing and we ended up with nearly, well, we doubled the leagues in Europe. Uh, so we doubled the PlayStation leagues and the Xbox leagues and actually have a proper PC league now, which is great. And we kept all our uh, Pacific series leagues, so um, no additional leagues. It's time for that. But uh, And then the both, both America series leagues on PS4 and Xbox going much better than they did uh, in season one where they kind of only had half full grids most of the time, but now now they're nearly full. And that's kind of the story for the whole whole of the league, to be honest. It's, uh, there's been a lot of full grids, a lot of people wanting to race, um, people still joining and signing up. So it's really cool, cool to see. Uh, yeah, I couldn't be more happy with it, to be honest. And, and again, we've just started second season of the global series and elite series which is on ps4 as well so they're going well at the moment we just had round three of those last night or going well in general not for, not for me but <laughs> um yeah. zero points for but, mercedes uh, at the moment oh you know i got two i got two. Oh, two. Zach, zach needs to zach needs to pull his weight though don't know what's happening come on uh, come on zach. lift <laughs> uh he'll hate this um um but yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, really stoked with how it's going. I'm already thinking about uh, stuff for season three when the new game gets, um, when mm-hmm. the, yeah, F1 2020 comes comes out. So um, how we can improve and uh, maybe possibly some new leagues as well. 
so yeah, always looking to um, improve here and there. And yeah, there's nearly too many leagues to cover individually now, which is yep. kind Good of a shame. But I, I don't, I don't want to like go and talk about one specific league and say, oh, like you know, um, these guys are killing it or whatever, because there's literally like nearly 20 leagues in total. So yeah. Um, it's just a general update today, I think. Yeah, and if, if you are looking to join or you're listening to this, you want to get involved, um, do get involved, fill out the sign-up sheet, everything like that. Just be a little bit patient. Um, you will get signed up. It, it can take sort of 24 hours, 48 hours, but, um, depending on where you are in the world. Um, but you will get put into a league. And as you just said, nearly every grid at the moment is full, so you may have to be a reserve, but there are drivers that can't, you know, miss a race here and there and you will get a shot um, by yeah. uh, into a seat at some point. We're rotating the reserves in, in many of the leagues and everyone gets a go. And then as it grows, then you'll get a permanent seat, whether it's because we've got so many people that we make a third tier or fourth tier or, or whatever, you will uh, get a seat. You just need to be a little bit patient, that's all. Yeah, exactly right. So new for season two, we have... Um couple of mid-season breaks where we actually actively um, promote and demote drivers um, where it's it's fair kind of thing so if, if there's mm-hmm. a driver in a permanent seat that isn't racing enough um, showing up to races then they become a reserve and that seat opens up for a reserve that has been racing um, which I think is a good good way of doing it, it keeps the uh, keeps the grids as full as possible therefore we have better racing and all that kind of thing so I just wanted to uh, also, um, in the update, just maybe give a shout out to everyone helping out um, at the moment with the league. So I had to recruit a lot more people with season two to help out. We've had more commentators, more stewards, more um, league coordinators with additional leagues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just too much for one person or even like a small group of people to handle. It's quite it's become quite a, quite a big thing now. So... Yeah, it really wouldn't be possible without the help of uh, everyone that um, contributes, no matter how big or small it is. Um, even yourself, Matt, as being being a league coordinator, for example. So there's people that do the graphic design, they get photos and stuff like that. Um, yeah, all stuff like that that goes on behind the scenes, we really appreciate. Uh, Certainly everyone. do. Everyone, there's almost too many of them to name as well. So, yeah, um, keep it going, I think it... I think it's been good season so far. We've got round eight at France tomorrow night. So um, getting towards the midpoint of the season already, it's flying by. Certainly is. And we do have a large cast of commentators now, which um, a big shout out mm. to those guys because it's a huge effort to, to commentate instead of racing um, and, and do that for us. And it gets a lot of different leagues up on the stream and into the YouTube channel. Um, so big shout out to the guys who put their time aside to commentate. Uh, we both do it, but there's a lot of other guys who are doing it as well in the Europe League, America's League, and even for Tier 2 stuff, um, the guys are helping out and commentating with that. So if you want to get involved mm. with that, there are still leagues who don't have one, and you would be a valuable asset in the race spec team for sure. So do you want to move on to our questions uh, from our race spec family? that have put in there we're not going to be able to do them all um we've just selected a few this time um and then that's just how it's going to be we can't answer them all otherwise we'd be here all day so we've just selected a few (laughs) of the interesting ones um 
Can I just request we don't write essays in our questions because that would also <laughs> is almost a podcast by itself to answer some of these ones. But I'll kick us off. Yeah. I'll ask you, how big of an advantage is the Mercedes with the dual axis steering at a track like Australia where you only have two decently long straights? And that's from a Perry the Dog 6. Yeah, like uh, I said a bit earlier, um, kind of remains to be seen how and if they use it, uh, and at what races. So they might elect, they might, might they might think like Australia's a track that where it's not really going to be beneficial for them to use. Um, mm. So they might might not use it at all because I think I don't think they use it the whole entire testing. Like it wasn't uh, they no. were doing it kind of ev- every lap. So yeah, it remains to be seen um how that plays out so to be honest no idea but um from what i've seen uh yeah it gives them a a, a straight line a minor straight line speed advantage on straight so yeah wow. any any advantage in formula one where you know a tenth of a second is can be the difference between pole position and third fourth fifth on the grid they're going to use it so i'd be surprised if if it works um as advertised kind of thing, then I'd say they're going to use it wherever they can. Um, but it remains to be seen. What do you think? Yeah, a few um, people that you respect the opinion of, someone like Julian, Julian Palmer and, and those have sort of said it doesn't, it adds like a fraction of a second down the straight, but the big advantage mm. is the cooling and heating of tyres um, That when you're mm. behind a safety car or even on the formation lap, they're saying that by using that system, you can really get a lot more heat into the tires, get them up to temperature quicker, or if they are too hot, you can cool them uh, a lot faster. So depending on whether you've pulled the steering wheel in or out and changed the toe of the tire. So it's not a suspension thing. It's how the toe is angled. So like in the game, yeah. uh, if you go into your setup settings, you're changing the toe of the tires. So you want to read there's a little blurb in there about how it works but you can google it if you want and how it changes how much tires on the track so it could work out really well for them in like safety car situations or um, saving tires saving tires will be a huge one yeah yeah well well, let's hope hamilton's not whinging about his tires being dead as much then i'm sure they will be yeah He'll do the if formation it, I mean, lap it, and radio in that these guys are dead. Uh, <laughs> if it only has that advantage, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, he's, he's the great yeah. miscommunicator of radio. We've talked about it on previous podcasts, but he's just crazy. He just, every one lap, oh, my tires are gone. Oh, they're gone. I can't keep up. It's, it's just rubbish. Cool. I should have asked you that one because you knew so much about it. Uh, I just looked, I was like, what is this? I was actually trying to, when I was sitting there in the cockpit doing some of the other races, I was like, could I even do that? Could I pull the steering wheel back towards me while keeping it straight and remember to push it back in? And it's just another thing that they have to contend with, I guess. But when you're the best in the world, I guess it's not a big deal. So, um, do you want to move on to question two? Do you want to cover this one or do you want me to? Yeah, sure. I'll uh, read you a question. So, um, Giles95, one of our Fox League coordinators, mm. um, he asked, with Renault last season, do you feel like their money, the money they put towards development last year was drastically reduced to them not, to them not supplying engines to Red Bull and not getting cash? So, he's asking... 
um, if the decrease in revenue received by Renault because um, of Red Bull going to Honda mm. um, meant that they couldn't uh, make their cars competitive. Yeah. What do you think? And it impacting on their five-year plan. Yeah, it had to have had a, a big, a big impact. Like those things sort of coincided at the same time, didn't they? Where they gave Ricardo this big contract, and then mm. Red Bull said, "Well, haha, we're going to Honda. You've got no supplier now." Um, yeah, it's. It would have had to have had a big, a big hit to their bottom line, and they would have had to shuffle a lot of things around and. I think it did. I think it had a big impact on their season last season and the development as well. Saying that, testing, they do look good. We won't know did until they... we get some races. I but... mean, obviously, they had McLaren as well, didn't they? Was, mm. that, was that new for last year? I remember. I oh, it no, was... it wasn't. It was no. two years ago. No, that yeah. was... Yeah, that was different again. So, look, it's going to be difficult. It's certainly going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, and... There's still talk that they won't be in it next year. I, I'm leaning towards that they will be. Um, Renault not in Formula One. Yeah, they're they're still they're the okay. biggest talk that they won't be around there when the new regs come in. They they're sort of everyone else has committed a, in some yeah. way, but they haven't. If that makes sense. Whether I think Haas are a bigger danger actually. Well, if they have another um, season like last season, yeah, that. Yeah, they won't be around. Um, and and we saw a little eye opener there in the drive to survive in Haas and yeah, how they operate. Referring to yeah, we'll get on to drive. Gene Haas not happy. Yeah, we'll talk about but, um, drive survive as a whole a little bit later. But in terms of yeah, they they the cash flow is a big problem for Renault, and it always will be. And they the board of directors are just going to have to decide whether they want to throw more cash yeah. in. I can't see Ricardo well, being there got, um, after this season. He's too expensive. Oh, really? Okay. Well, it's too expensive for maybe, them. Maybe yeah. take the pay cut. <laughs> but there's um there's also cost capping coming in the 2021 as well. Remember, so mm. um yeah, it, it's going to be a huge year, very interesting year. Um, and I'm so sure we'll hear yeah lots of chatter, and it'll it'll almost be silly season for the drivers and silly season for the constructors as well as to what's going on. Um, what they're going to do with the, the new regs and who's going to be where. Cool. Uh, let's go to the next question from Craig Tommy Pugh. Uh, he asks a bold question, okay? Can Williams turn it around and push McLaren and Renault to the top of the midfield? I think the big three will have an advantage with no major regulation changes until 2021. And What do you think about that? Can Williams um, get themselves out of the hole? I think they. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the front of the midfield, um, pushing McLaren and Renault. But I have hopes that they are more competitive than last season. Um, well, it, it's yeah, been it's done. I, remains to be seen. If a devil's advocate, it's been done. McLaren were horrible, and then all yeah, of a sudden last year true. they were good. Um, Mercedes engine. I don't see why. Williams, you know, if they get a good design, uh, you never mm. know. I'm skeptical. Like, I don't think that that. Um, I'm not sure that team has the the leadership to kind of do a McLaren esque turnaround. I think, um, I think those kind of things are pretty rare in Formula One. Uh, that that performance difference. 
from um, 2018 to 2019 was, yeah, just mm. kind of an, an, an anomaly almost. Um, but I do hope, like I said, that Williams are more competitive than last year. They looked okay in testing, um, probably a bit better than last year, you'd have to say. But again, just testing, so don't know. Um, I mean, let's hope so. I think a lot of people, a lot of F1 fans would love love to see a competitive Williams car. And we all know George Russell's a great driver. So, yeah, it'd be cool to see him actually battling some other, uh, yeah, other cars yeah. as well. And not just getting dri- moves, um, driven around. So, yep. Yeah, um, I mean, sure, it's possible. I don't think it's, I don't think they're going to be McLaren and Renault type performance, but you know, maybe, maybe challenging the lower midfield would be really cool. Um, so yeah, hope for that. Yeah, we've got a question in the chat, Master Mike. I'll throw this one at you as well. It's just a quick one. He's wondering who will take mm. the title this year. Uh, uh, sounding from what you've been saying, you're thinking Hamilton again, seven-time world champion. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, well, I think Mercedes probably will have the best, best car again. Uh, but I think, I, I also think Bottas isn't at Hamilton's level. So if that is the case, yeah, seven championships for Hamilton. Um, yeah. I mean, there's still so much up, up in the air. It's, even though they've dominated the hybrid area era, it's uh, still a bit of a bold prediction to crown someone champion before the season even kicks off. But yep. if I had to put my money on someone, just mm. on what they've done in the past and yeah, I agree. The successful years they've had recently, so yeah, easy one really. Yeah, we can't take anything but what happened last year and yeah, a testing which you can't read into too much. It has to be Hamilton is these in the best car and one of the best drivers. So Smokey, maybe Verstappen, if Honda can be reliable. Um, I, Ferrari, if they can get their act together and not shoot themselves in the foot all the time, um, they, they, they're they a contender. There's tracks that suit them really well. If they can maximize their points yeah. there, um, they can mix it up. Uh, you know, last year they would have been in the mix if they hadn't have broken down in Bahrain, things like that. Um, on Ferrari, I'll throw you another quick one. We do have time. Uh, Leclerc or Vettel? Who's going to win? Who's going to win that, that battle this season? Oh, I think I think Seb's up against it this year. Um, yeah, I think I think Leclerc, even towards the back end of last year, he was proving that he's kind of got the upper hand um, over Seb already, or at least at least matching him because. Um, mm. Charles had those two wins, obviously at um, Spa, was it, and and Monza back to back wins. So, yep. and and Seb was kind of nowhere in either of those races. He was uh, well, Monza. He yeah, drove so, back on the track, remember, and uh, yeah, exactly. Spun himself out and took Stroll but out. But then, to his credit, he the next race um, with the controversial pit stop got a little bit of help where where he jumped jump Charles he won that race so he kind of bounced back a little bit mm. but I think on form last year you'd have to say Leclerc was the better better driver and I expect that to continue and possibly yeah if there's a Ferrari driver to challenge for the championship this year I think it'll be Charles rather than yep and they've got the rock Scooby just or? yeah I think it'll be Charles I'm a huge Leclerc fan and I think Vettel is slowing down a little bit I mean he's an old for Formula One um but 
uh, it'll be his mental state. He's he went up and down last season. We could tell that um, even mm. from the outside in. I mean, sometimes you can't really tell at all, but I think most people could tell that he was down in some points and then managed to get yeah, himself yeah. back up near the end of the season. Um, just rock F1. Sorry, go ahead. It, yeah, I was just going to add, um, if he has another season like he did last year, what do you think? Will, do you think he'll stick around for 2021? Or? No, I can't. I can't see him going to a lesser team and I can't see Ferrari keeping him. Uh, if he has another season like he did last year, uh, yeah, it's competitive, but it's not title winning. I, I would surmise that uh, Ricardo will go there because um, I can't see anyone in the other Ferrari teams really stepping up to that level. Um, Giovinazzi's got a long way to go. Raikkonen isn't going to go up and then... Uh, Grosjean and Magnussen are their own worst enemies. So, yeah, it'd have to be, I think, you know, Ricardo with that clause in his contract. Um, uh, the Rock F1 yeah, just... Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll just quickly cover this off. <laughs> the, he's um, saying the constructor payments only come through the following year, so Renault 4th in 2018 would have spent it on the 2020 car. Um, they would have... Halfway through the season, they would have known... Uh, what they're spending on their driver, and then the bombshell dropped sort of just after halfway. So they, uh, you adjust your budget, I guess, in the next year. So you would have stopped spending or culled some of it. So that's what I'm sort of clarifying that. So yes, they would have budgeted for that development of the 2020 car, but at the same time, they would have had to have readjust halfway through and budgets are constantly um, being adjusted depending on where the spend expenditure is going, I guess. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, All right, your question. Oh, do we want to do Drive to Survive before we finish off, or do you want to flip it around and do the last question and then Drive to Survive at the end? Uh, last question being... Um, there's uh, one from The Real Loveland. Yeah, a bit of, uh, about Haas. Yeah, but Connor already touched on it, but... Uh, yeah, I think that kind of ties in with Drive to, drive to sure. Survive as well. Yep. So we might as well. Um, so the question is, do you think 2020 is the end of the road for Haas? And um, yeah, as I said, there's quite an in-depth um, insight into that into that team in Drive to Survive. They got a lot of lot of time, probably more than any other team, to be honest. Mm, they did. Um, and they so, left bits yeah. out at the same time, which I thought was really interesting. I was, I was, mm. when Grosjean uh, smashed coming out of the pits in Britain, I think it was Britain, I was right. like, this is going to be brilliant on Drive to Survive. And they, that wasn't in there. So I'm <laughs> assuming that certain races, they were with them and certain races, they were nowhere to be seen. And yeah. they just yeah. weren't with them at that race. But I was hanging for that, but we didn't see it. Uh, is there 2020? Yeah, Sorry, go. I was going to say, they don't have 10 camera crews, so they got to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Who they follow each weekend, but they, I think they got some really good bits. But uh, yeah, the key bit that ties into this question is the one with Gene Haas is obviously the mm. the um, owner of the team saying, you know, if if it continues like this, you can't see him keeping keeping the team alive and keep putting money into it past past this season. So it's a real make or break season if if he's true to his word um, in that sense. And obviously they're yet again don't have a sponsor for the season and we saw saw how badly it went for them in that, yeah, in that, that regard. Yeah, they were scammed a bit, weren't they? 
with um, rich energy. So, yeah, I think it is. It could be the end of the road for Haas this year if they don't get their act together and, yeah, start challenging for, you know, the, that top of the midfield um, is where, they, where they're aiming um, mm. for sure. So I think they'll have came ninth. They just couldn't head, so. work it out. And it was such... Sorry, it was such an insight into how when something goes wrong, whether a team can understand it and fix it and whether they can't and how uh, demoralizing it is to see something that you need fixing and you just can't work it out. And we saw a race after race, they could not work out why those tires were just ripping themselves apart in the first five laps of the race. Uh, Even going back to the Australian spec that seemed to go okay, so they were trying to make improvements that were actually detracting and making them even worse. So it's yeah. such a debacle. And it was it was really interesting, captivating viewing uh, for sure. But I agree, if they don't pull their finger out, uh, it could be the end of the road for Haas. And then the FIA will need to get someone else in or make some deals because you don't want it too low of a grid. I don't think you want anything less than 20 mm-hmm. cars. Um, in fact, I think they want more than 20 cars. Um, the Porsche rumor is still going around, so you never know. Never know. Uh, what was your other favorite parts of Drive to Survive? Did you smash it out in a few days, or have you, did you take your time? Uh, yeah, no, I did smash it out <laughs> in a few days. Yeah, so um, pretty, addic- pretty addictive, but episodes were pretty short as well, so it was easy enough to do. It was easy enough to sit down and watch, you know, two, three, or four. Mm. I think the most I watched in one sitting was maybe three episodes, and I think I did that maybe two or three times. So, yep. um, yeah, I got it done in three or four days, I think. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it was very good. I, I saw some people saying it wasn't as good as season one, and, yeah, no, I thought I thought it was as, as good. A um, lot, of, lot of airtime for the same maybe... Um, two or three drivers and, and teams, uh, yeah. which is maybe maybe one complaint. Like, I think Red Bull and Haas, there's probably too much of those teams. I mean, or maybe just not enough of the other teams and they could have made it longer. Um, but obviously, yep. keep... Well, Red Bull made their own episodes just about, didn't they, with Gasly and, and yeah. Albon. So I thought the Gasly episode there's was the best episode. a lot of Gasly episode. and Albon. The Gasly episode was the best one. I thought it was a yeah, amazing insight into what we didn't see um, in the media and watching from the outside in, and how much they were trying mm. to get him to go, and then the, the how the rhetoric changed from "oh, he's give him time, he'll be right," and then there's to the point where it's just oh, he can't cut it, he's not getting it done, sort of thing, and then they had to make that change, and then yeah, it was literally. Watching him crack under the pressure, wasn't it? it yeah, was, it, it was, was. It was kind of hard to watch, to be honest. Like sometimes, yeah. You're thinking, you're thinking, oh god, like poor guy, like you know, is it's just going from bad to worse, and there's so much pressure piling on him. And I think a few things Christian Horner said to him as well that were, um, that they got in Drive to Survive. I was like, wow, like they're not easing up on him. Like they're really putting putting the pressure on. Um, and that was kind of the polar opposite when Alex Albon joined mm. to replace him. They're kind of like, you know, this is, this is, they basically said this is a free hit for you, you know, like just going to see, see how you go and, and stuff like that. And yeah, it was completely different. So that was a really interesting dynamic, I thought. Um, 
and I think Albon learned a lot from Gasly by watching as well because you saw Gasly wouldn't take a risk and I think that was confidence based because mm. he knows if he has one more crash he's he's out so he didn't want to take a risk because he could crash the car he did crash it twice in testing and then had a few mishaps in the first half of the season but at the same token yeah. Albin was like well he's not in the car because he's too safe and he's not making his way through the field and you saw in Spa the yeah. first thing he does is starts making his way through the field and then goes around the outside of uh, was it Danny Rick um so yeah. he his overtakes were adventurous, but he kept it on and he didn't crash. He did crash yeah. a couple of times. He crashed in Russia uh, in qualifying and somewhere else. But overall, he did a really good job, but he knew that he has to take some risks and show that he is a risk taker, otherwise he'll be out as well. Mm. So it was really good to watch. I was... Well, he's got, this, got the seat for this year, so mm. see how... But I think he'll go really I... well. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, Drive to Survive was good. It was, um, yeah, did show the same same few drivers. Like there was no there was no Alfa Romeo at all. I think no. I can't remember. I don't think there was. And Kimi wouldn't have got on board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of Red Bull, but hardly any Max. Like maybe a snippet of Max. It was mm. all about the other the second driver kind of thing. And I was surprised there was no um, Lando, but it it looked like no they Lando. keyed signs yeah. a in. Lot of, from the start, a lot of a lot of science, um, a lot of Ricardo. I like. I really liked the Hulkenberg episode. I was quite. It was mm. quite sad to be honest. Like, yeah, he's got a feel for the guy. Did really didn't do anything wrong, and no. but he did have that chance to get that podium. Yeah, well, he made. I was amazed. I did not know that in his contract that he had the option to extend for a year if he made a podium. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah they mentioned that in the episode. I'm like, oh, wow. So if he had got on the podium in Germany, which it looked like he was going to, he was in second, he would have extended mm. his contract and Ocon wouldn't have a drive. But he screwed it up. So, yeah, pretty full on. I love Russell's episode as well. Um, I liked it when he, he had a few harsh words to say during the team meetings and stuff. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely definitely speaks his mind. He just, like... So much more mature than his age. Like, mm. <laughs> you'd think he's ten years older. Like, and being in sport for ages, he was basically saying, as a rookie, you know, it's not good enough kind of things. Yeah, really interesting. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, can't wait for the next season. Yeah, as well. But well, that sort of brings us near the end of the podcast. And to finish up, was... the Rock has thrown in one final question, and that is, oh. do you have enough toilet paper? <laughs> yeah I, I got enough um yeah had enough forever crazy god it's just you got to shake your head at that you know, like head yeah. just go over the top but um yeah no i'm good Th- thank you though the rock i'm glad i'm glad you are and how yeah my fam- stock levels i'm okay how are you matt you my family's enough? got enough we've got enough to last us like three or four weeks but it's just crazy. You only need enough to self-quarantine yourself for 14 days and people are buying 300 <laughs> rolls. Are they eating yeah, it or something? It's what? out of control. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, it is mental. And they must be wrapping themselves like mummies in it to like, try know. not to get the virus. I've got mates who are down to their last two rolls and they can't find toilet paper. So have a feel for those guys. So I don't know what they're going to do. Get some leaves. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, that yeah. that wraps it up. Okay, there. <laughs> from uh, yeah, 
F1 to race spec news to uh, the Grand Prix in Melbourne, which, as I said, we're both going to, so we'll have a full roundup of that in a, probably next week after um, the Grand Prix. Mm. We'll, we'll have another podcast to wrap up how we went at the Grand Prix. And uh, if anyone is at the Grand Prix, do shout out. I'm quite happy to uh, sit on the hill and have a beer with someone who is in the race spec family quite happy to do that and, and to meet everyone who i haven't met so far i have met a few people um and which is really good so i'm making a lot of new friends through uh the whole um podcast and the whole race spec um involvement which is really good so and i'll be meeting you down there as well yeah i'll see you there mate um hopefully catch up with a few others as well so Sounds pretty good. I might try. I've I do have a GoPro. It's pretty old. I might have to dust it off and see if I can do a bit of a, a vlog. Oh yeah, a little, I like it. You know, of the Grand Prix. Maybe get it up on the channel if it's any good. But yep. you know, I'm not I'm not an expert when it comes to these things, so I have to see how it goes. But there'll be um a lot of coverage probably on the um, race tech Instagram. Maybe some stories and posts and stuff with. Um, stuff from the Grand Prix, so yeah, keep your eyes on that. Um, Sounds good. Over the Grand Prix weekend, I'll be flying down Thursday, yeah. so I'll be there for I'll practice throw. Friday until Monday. So yeah, mm. saying that, I'll be there for the whole thing. Uh, I don't think we're going to get near any drivers or anything like that this week. So if you mm. are expecting to get an autograph, uh, my understanding is is that drivers won't be going near the public. Um, even and that's happening in a lot of sports as well so i think that'll carry on to f1 yeah. where there'll be no public interaction so if you're yeah, hoping to get a danny rick autograph not gonna happen so um, but yeah still hopefully going to be a good time and yeah i yeah we'll see what happens with the weather and whatnot but good race i think it, it shall be we'll see you next week and thanks for everyone for jumping in the live chat uh it certainly spiced up the podcast that's for sure and we will see you next week yeah it was a great way of doing it um live so yeah thanks for everyone joining us um can't wait to do the next one already so thanks for hosting matt no problem see you next time as well see you next time